1: Somebody actually tweeted me and said, uh, "I could totally see you doing jazz hands and fingers, like you know, with your hands getting successively higher, higher above your head, and then ending with your fingers wiggling in the air." So that was for you, Donna. <laughs> That's a lot. Is that like more than 140 <laughs> characters? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Twitter is trying to go higher. They're trying to do more characters now. That's a thing. I saw that. Yeah, I, I don't know, know I don't how I, know I feel, how
2: about feel about that. About- oh, Jinx! Uh, ah, Jinx! <laughs> um. I don't know. I I feel like I wonder what I wonder what I was doing when I had all the time in the world to tweet before. I haven't been on Twitter in such a long time. Um, yeah. Except for like when I'm something a- happens and I need to get on Twitter just to get the quick, the quick take on what has occurred. Yeah.
1: So I'm a lazy tw- tweeter in that like, I typically if I do something on Instagram, I'm like, go ahead and post that on Twitter too, boo. That's how I I tweet. So I'm always like, when when someone hits me on Twitter and they say something like, oh, congrats or whatever, I'm like, for what? Oh, that lazy tweet via Instagram. (laughs) Although I will say, um, Superman, the other day, he got bad service. So, you know, we talked about, like, I don't know, a year or so ago, you know how he had the aneurysm surgeries? Right. And so, like, once a year, you know, he goes to go get a checkup. So they sent him to some MRI place where... So, his doctor can get the results or whatever. So, I guess they had him waiting for an hour and he was like, Why? They're like, Oh, the other MRIs are a little bit easier. So, they're taking them first. So he was like, Then so why not just put me at 10 o'clock instead of having me come at nine and wait for an hour? So, they were giving him all this back and forth. And so, he finally was like, You know, I'm just going to leave. And they were like, No, 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 we'll get you now. Because, of course, you know, they want the money from the insurance. So, he was like, You know, that's crazy. You shouldn't have someone come in like that, set an appointment and make them wait just because other people have easier exams. And they were just complaining. He's like, you know what? At first they were, you no, know, they were rude at first. And he said, like, you know what? I'm just going to get my wife to tweet about it. <laughs> and I was like, cause I told him once that like somebody had done something to me. I was like, you know, what? I'm going to tweet about it. And so, and then they gave me a refund or whatever. So he was like, I'm just going to get my wife to tweet about it. And they were <laughs> like, no, I'm like, Superman, do we even know how Twitter works? He doesn't. But he was like, I don't know. But I see the fear in people's eyes when you say it. So I used it. He's like, Tiffany, they were so apologetic. Like, no, sir, we're so sorry. He said, you don't worry about it. I'm going to tweet. And I'm like, he was like, wait, how does how does uh, Twitter work? <laughs> I was like, go sit down in the corner somewhere. Uh, Twitter, saving people's lives every day. I used to think that... Like
2: waiting 45 minutes to an hour at the doctor was like a normal experience. But then I realized you can just choose a different doctor. And some doctors are just yep. really, like some offices are just really dysfunctional and they just get backed up. Yep. And God, trying to get an appointment in New York City, like I, it's, it's, if you need to go see a specialist and you're, nothing is broken and you're not bleeding, like you're going to be waiting at least a month to go see yes. someone in New York. It's ridiculous. Re- ridiculous. And MRIs like are. Me. I was okay. going to say MRIs are one of those things where it really matters. I mean, not just like where you get the best service, but like those are one of those health services that if you go down the block, it can be 500 bucks. If you go next door, it can mm-hmm. be $2,000. I don't, and there's, there's like these, these, like these, these types of services in the healthcare industry that there's just no rhyme or reason and they just charge whatever the hell they want for the same thing.
1: Yep. It's and so thankfully he's got really great insurance. So he, that's why they were like, no, don't be mad. Don't leave. Don't not come back because they know that his insurance is going to pay. Um, you know, he was just like, I just want to get checked just to make sure everything's fine. But yeah, it's, but you're right about waiting for the doctor. Cause I, I wanted to go see like a fertility specialist. Cause you know, Superman and I are trying to have this baby and they were like, yeah, we'll see you in a month. I'm like, wait, what? And I'm like it, girl, you tried it going to the next one. And they were like, oh yeah, we'll see you in a month and a half. And I was like, okay, never mind. I'll be back. Uh, a month is it? <laughs> Yo, it's the norm, and so now that I've got that good insurance, I mean, I guess I have to wait, and you know, so I'll give you all We're the update. Like. My my my
2: my trick is always just to call and ask for cancellations, and they usually I have luck that way.
1: Okay. Oh, that's a good people idea. People always
2: cancel. You know,
1: that's you know, people get that's a little too true.
2: ambitious with their health planning. Yeah, and then don't so show up.
1: I never thought about that. Well, it's it's coming up in like a week or so, my first one. So I said, we'll see. Hey, it's not too
2: early to remind people about open enrollment. Most people like at their jobs, um, open enrollment starts in the fall, I think. And you usually have until like mid-November or late November to finish your elections. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. It is about open enrollment time.
2: This is the time. This is when I get to make up for that mistake we made after we got married where we missed the window. To add me you. to my husband's right. health care plan, that I think it was thirty day window or sixty day window. Anyway, we totally missed it. Whoops! So we had to wait for open enrollment to make any
1: changes. But uh, that's right. That's the one thing we did right. It was because like, honestly, I kept I was sweating it. I was like, so what about the health plan? Make that call. Make that call, son. Yeah, because you were paying for <laughs>
2: Obamacare before that, right?
1: What? And then I let la- it lapsed because I thought that you got signed up right away. So I was like, yay, cancel everything. So I canceled and they were like, oh, yeah, you'll have insurance, but it's gonna take 30 days to kick in. I was like, oh, thanks. So of course, during that lapse, I had to go to the doctor. Like I was, I had like this wicked stomach ache. And so I ended up going to the emergency room, which I did not want to go. Oh no. Um, but I was like, I'll be fine. My mom's a nurse and she was like, are you crazy? So you just rather die? I'm like, I have another week before my insurance kicks in. She's like, oh, so you'll just die. <laughs> So I went and it just turned out, honestly, I don't know what it is. They thought maybe I had like a kidney like stone or something like that, but it ended up not being anything crazy. I likely ate something. They couldn't really find anything and like after giving me something to soothe my stomach, the next day I was okay. But I'd been suffering with it for like the weekend and I was like, yo, I feel like I'm dying on the inside. And so I um it ended up being my imagine this, my bill ended up being with all of the tests that they ran, ten thousand dollars. And then they like whittled it down like with me actually owing about 2000 But I was like, are you kidding me? Oh, my God. My heart stopped when you said $10,000. Yes, I saw the bill, and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, and they see- were like, but you... Go ahead. I, I want to pay two 000.
2: That's crazy. Well, I wanted to say one quick thing because when you earlier, when you were like, well, you know, he has that good insurance and it'll cover whatever the MRA is, no matter what the cost is. I think you don't realize how important it is for these healthcare services to get their costs in line until you don't have insurance and you have to pay the sticker yeah. price. Because I think so many of us who, ha- who are fortunate enough to have that, you know, insurance that'll cover anything, like I never thought, I never used to think about how much anything cost. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think a lot of us were in that or who have insurance are like in that little like naive headspace or whatever, but the yeah. the crazy way that healthcare services are raising in prices and these, these pharmaceutical companies and these healthcare, these insurance companies can charge these crazy rate rates is not good for anybody. Um, it just drives no, all sorts right. of healthcare. It drives insurance prices higher, you know, for on our premiums, it makes healthcare more affordable, unaffordable. If you don't have insurance, it's just
1: a mess. There's like, and it's scary, because honestly, yeah. there was tests that they wanted to run that I was like, yeah, I'm good. And my mom was with me at the hospital, and she was like, you know, the nurse in her was like, no, run it. I'm looking at her like, ma'am, do you have money? Do you have run it money? I felt like the adult, like, do you have <laughs> McDonald's money? <laughs> you know, like when you want McDonald's as a kid, yeah. and your mom was like, got to food at home. I was like, uh, we don't need that skin test
2: money. <laughs> I know.
1: So they're running all these tests. Yo, I'm telling you, I felt. I felt worse only because, like, I was like, I swear that, like, I'm going to have a heart attack in here. Because every time they had me run something, I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to afford this bill. Oh my gosh. So they, like, ran every little thing. And they were like, oh, so basically, kind of, you're fine. Did you eat something? I was like, I think I'm going to throw up. That's some Pepto. And so when I got that, I know, basically, <laughs> oh, the Pepto's $50, by the way. And so, yeah, So, no, I totally understand what it feels like to, like, not want to actually even go get service because you're just like, I literally can't afford to be well.
2: Oh, yeah. My dad has – so my my poor dad. It's a miracle he's, like, all in one piece. But because he never had insurance – he didn't have insurance until Obamacare. And he would – his teeth were falling. I'm not trying to put his business out there. But he was, like, falling apart. And so as soon as he got Obamacare, he went and got – you know, he – Well, this is part of the reason why people are saying Obamacare plans are expensive because a lot of people like my father who went from having no insurance to having all the insurance were like walking into doctors like it was supermarket sweeps and was like, give me that, give me that, give me that. I'll take (laughs) a gastric bypass surgery, I mean, which cured his diabetes and like all these great services, but unfortunately not as many healthy people. We're signing up for insurance, and, like, that's sort of what's skewing, um like, what sort of has in a lot of places has has led to sort of the, you know, quote-unquote expensive, um like, Obamacare plans. Because when enough young, healthy people don't sign up, that's that's what happens.
1: Mm, I didn't know that. Yeah. Blame my so, daddy. My, uh, blame it on my daddy. So speaking of putting the blame on someone, let's talk about 45
2: Oh, can we? Oh, okay, fine. I <laughs> what
1: know. A, what just a, a week! Just in the context of of port of Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Oh, yeah. Thank Puerto God Rico. for Lin Manuel. Oh. Lin-
2: thank God for Lin I Manuel know. Miranda, who I love so much. I have such a intellectual crush on him. It's not even funny, but uh, yeah, you brought it up, so you get to you get. This is your moment, shine.
1: No, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say Puerto Rican people. One. I know that you are part of the United States of America, even though I think, what was it? Wasn't there a poll like 47% of folks did not know that Puerto Rico was part of the United States? That almost seemed low to me.
2: But yeah, definitely. Like a lot of people don't understand where Puerto Rico and America makes
1: sense. So one, that's a thing. Puerto Rico is part of the United States. They're citizens. Two, like for the president to attack the mayor of San Juan, like I don't think... I don't even know that she was overly critical other than, hey, we'd really like some more aid and help. I mean, like, I don't know how you ask for that without saying, hey, we'd like some more aid and help. And then when he came and he was like, how many people died? Oh, not that many people died. I'm like, are you effing kidding me? And then when he threw the paper towel into the crowd, I was like, is this real life right now? Wait, he threw a paper towel into the crowd? I haven't watched any video of his visit today. So honestly, it is sickening. So one, he basically compares... Puerto Rico to Katrina and says basically you guys didn't suffer as much as they did. Right. So there's a crowd of like, you know, Puerto Ricans like watching the um the press conference or whatever and he throws a paper towel into the crowd. Like I'm not certain like what that was supposed to do. Was that here's your aid? I don't he lobs it into the crowd like, Al, oh, here y'all go. Almost like Beyonce like throwing like her, you know, I don't know, a T shirt into the crowd for them to like go wild and crazy. I don't I'm uncertain on the reasoning, but I don't know if reasoning and 45 have anything to do with each other.
2: No.
1: It was crazy. And I just, I'm just going to leave it real light because I feel like, oh, uh, I just can't. Like, uh, whenever I listen to him talk, I, honestly, I really feel my, I get anxious and I'm just like, let's not, let's not do this. Let's not do this. Let's not do this. I can't do it. Oh, just well, let's do, to let's do a little
2: bit. Let's do a little bit. because. <laughs> Here's what got me in up in up in arms, and this is the same comment that Lin Manuel Miranda landed himself on the cover of the New York Daily News with with his response. But Trump tweeted, in all his buffoonery, that Puerto Ricans want everyone to do everything for them, like like they're complaining yeah. that they aren't getting enough aid, and they just want people to do everything for them. And my immediate reaction is like. Like Lin Manuel, his his reaction was basically like, you know, you're going straight to hell. It was like he just unleashed on him, but it is just it's so infuriating his response for like multiple reasons because I think one of the biggest for me is the history of old white politicians, Republican politicians, for the most part characterizing people in need brown people who are in need as taking advantage of federal services as if they don't deserve them as much as like other Americans and that's what pissed me off is just that He's, he's, he's so good at pandering to his base. He knows what to say. He's like, oh, I'm going to excuse myself because I'm just going to characterize them as these other brown people on this island over here. You know, for all his base knows, they're probably just, you know, Mexicans who can swim and made it across, you know, like, or live on some island. Like, that's what they think. They're so ignorant. And, and I just know that by him saying that, he's just feeding more fuel to that fire, to that prejudice. And that, that for me was like, that was my get at this. That was my like shut down on Trump moment for the weekend
1: when he said that. Yeah, no, but you're right. It was very much like, Oh boy, here goes these, these begging Browns again. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that's not how this works. Like people can be in in need of help. And, and it's, I mean, I I don't understand. It's a, it's a hurricane. It's a storm. The Island is, is in desperate need of help. How does that, how does that turn into like, y'all always begging for something? Uh, It's just, honestly I'm just like what is happening you ever just think about that you wake up and you're like wait where am I in America wait what is happening is this a real thing is this a real person
2: (laughs) I did yesterday I did that thing where I woke up late I took a shower and I was like running around and I looked I just happened to glance at the tv because husband was watching and it, it had the Las Vegas shooting and I like I had a moment where I was like what this isn't a real story or like watching Homeland or some like tv show I for it for like five seconds, I didn't think that what I was seeing was real. And it's, it Was
1: real, right? Mm hmm.
2: I can't. And that's Something about the Vegas shooting. I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, yes. of course, you know, ever since Sandy Hook, I think a lot of people have felt, okay, well, if 26 dead children couldn't change anything, you know, nothing's going to happen. I was in that camp for a while, but something about yesterday with Vegas, I don't know. I, I got so many, I got several texts from friends who were just really shaken up about it. And um and i i don't know what it is i i i think for me you know there and things that have happened in new york recently cuz i live here i feel like you put up a tough front in new york you're like you know of course we're a, you know major target and anything can happen at any moment and you just got to like live your life anyway but with this the shooting with all the like the tr- the the cars running people over in yes. Europe and other countries, and we had that maniac in Times Square who ran over a bunch of people. Yeah. We had the that Chelsea bombing that was less than a year ago um that was like three blocks from where I work. And I feel like the tent like the rising level of awareness that at any moment, some lunatic at any moment yeah. it's just so hard to prevent. I mean, gun control is one thing, but one crazy person with a bad intention, I mean, like it's yep. it's like needle in a haystack. And I think that that feeling of like not being in control and just that like anxiety is creeping up on our people and something about this attack just felt like, I don't know, apart from it being one of the most brutal um, in our country's history, felt it felt especially bad.
1: I think, you know what I, I would really twisted the knife of the attack for me is like the way that they are discussing the terrorist because let's say that what it is because it's just it's so crazy oh uh, he's a lone wolf oh you know he wasn't acting if this had been imagine if he had been muslim oh my goodness or brown like what how they would have described when i saw that the washington post that their their title or one of their um, articles, the headline for their article was "Las Vegas gunman Stephen Paddock enjoyed gambling, country music, lived a quiet life before massacre." What does that mean? I, oh, I'm sorry. How nice for him. How nice for him that his trivial pastimes are remembered after murdering, murdering 59 people and injuring hundreds of others. How nice that we get to know that he loved country music and lived a quiet life. Are you kidding? Trayvon Martin was a kid and he was a thug. Like Eric Garner was selling Lucy's and he was a thug. Like we knew all these, we didn't I didn't know about their their pastimes and what they'd like to do when they were hanging out. Why is it that this clear murderer and terrorist is given that space of normalizing him you know like they you when it's anyone else when a brown person is literally criminalized for being murdered sandra bland you're digging up oh you know one time in second grade sandra Bland, you know she she hit her friend so you already knew this was going to happen so the fact that she got murdered is really kind of her fault but this clear murderer this terrorist is given that, you know, like the way he's being described when they're interviewing his brother, did he have mental illness? You didn't ask that of anyone else that was killed and murdered. And I'm just like, wow, honestly, sometimes I'm sick of this country. Like this is why that, this is why things continue is that the, I mean, and and I'm not even trying to be polarizing. It just is what it is, is that if he had been other, anything other than a white man the truth of the matter is the way that they're discussing him, they would not be discussing him in this way. They would not. They would not be giving him all the space and room to be human, to be, oh, you know, he was just he was a troubled man. Oh, you think he killed 50 people? Uh, I just like just reading headlines like that from semi reputable uh, media outlets just really like boils my blood because I'm just like, are you kidding me? He liked country music and gambling and lived a quiet life. But meanwhile, you you call a kid a thug because a thug killed him. Like, yeah, it's just I'm over it, honestly. I just I see what I'm, you're I'm, saying. I'm, I think
2: um I think one reason they haven't used the word terrorist is like I and this is you know a, a lot of what you said about the way that they've characterized people who've died who of color and people who have been killed who are of color is right. But the the thing about terrorism that I like I understand why. They haven't labeled him a terrorist because technically terrorism is when it's politically motivated and they have no idea what the hell his motive was yet. And like although the Islamic State has claimed him, they also claim a lot of buffoonery that, you know, and and violence that isn't actually, you know, part of their part of their doing. Um, They haven't found any proof yet that it was terrorism. I think they're still looking and you, I I don't know. I kind of want to give them time. I'm happy that they're not saying they're not jumping to a terrorist conclusion um, now I do think that he's getting a lot more space and they have been a lot more hesitant because he is a white man. I totally agree. I think that if he had been brown or any racially ambiguous color or like had a weird last name, I think a lot of more, pe- I think the talk of terrorism would have been much more quick and much, and they, they would have been, been much we
1: would cautious. Exactly. They would, they would have used no caution to call him a terrorist from the rip. Cause at first they were like, do you think it's ISIS? And then when they were like, oh, okay, no, even though ISIS claimed responsibility, You know, because like you said, they always do. They were like, oh no, because you're right. Maybe technically he's not considered a terrorist, but I guarantee that if he was anything other than a white male, they would have used that without any hesitation. And I guess that's what it's, whether technical or not, you know, that it's always things
2: like, so he was a suspected terrorist or, you know, or at least the question would have come up a lot more, but you know, we can only assume, I think, but in terms of like the profile of a mass shooter in America, he's. Almost a textbook definition, other than the fact that he's not 22 years old, he's a white male, and more like the majority of mass shootings in America have been caused by white men. Like, and people don't want to acknowledge that. Um, so I don't know, I, 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 that's what I've been seeing, and people at news reports like, oh, he doesn't fit the profile, you know, of a typical, yeah, he does, you know, mass shooter. I don't know, a loner, it seems like he was a loner, it seems like he's a white guy, you know, he had, I think. It's his whole – I don't know. I just feel like we're, we're still trying to figure out who he is. Um, I mean I give a lot of credit. But one thing that happens so fast, and I do give a lot of credit because I know how hard people are working to, to get stories of the victims. And I, today – this was what, day three since the attack? Day two? No, yeah. this is a, the second full day since the attack. Um, today I saw a lot of stories. Maybe it's just because I was choosing to see them <laughs> of um, stories of the people who were – of the 59 – 59 right something like 59 who died yeah 59 Mm -hmm. starting to come and i don't know i've i'm you know i at least want to i'm glad that they're getting some attention but i agree it's really important how they characterize these shooters and yeah i think your frustration is well placed not that you need me to validate you but i agree
1: i know but it's just so frustrating because you're just like really like, so I can kill someone and be humanized, but I can be killed and be demonized. And it's all about, you know, what I look like. I'm over it. That should be the way we should close off the um, <laughs> the, um, um, buzzworthy. Well, our,
2: I think our hearts go out to the victims. Yes. Um, in Vegas, people still struggling in Puerto Rico. Um, I don't know. Hug a loved one. It really you know, forget all the politics, forget all the, you know, all of this is like valid. But I think at the end of the day, it's just a reminder too. Uh, every day is a gift. Nothing is for certain. And I don't know, our politicians aren't going <laughs> to be protecting us from types of gun violence, apparently. Um, so don't take any day for granted.
1: And do something. I always think this, that like, my philosophy is like, if I can help like the people in my in my most immediate sphere, like, The people, you know, like I watch Superman, like help the kids next door and, you know, put air in this one's bike and, you know, order an extra uniform when he orders his daughter's uniform, that kind of thing. And that radiates outward, you know? And so sometimes, you know, people think that like, oh, you've got to do these huge overtures. And I'm really learning that, um, you know, that that's not necessarily true, that you don't necessarily have to make these huge overtures that like looking after the the little kids on your block or making sure the old lady down the street, you know, is okay in the winter and all those things, those things matter. And you can start to radiate positivity right where you are.
0: Hey BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community.
1: Now it's time to break or boost for all our family. Break or boost, boost or break, what will it be, Mandy? Ah, that was awesome. That
2: was top three <laughs> oh my jingles. Because it actually rhymes. I,
1: I know. I don't know where it came from. And I'm not going to lie. As I was nearing to the close, I was like, don't blow the siffy. <laughs> don't you blow this. <laughs> and then your name popped into my head. And I said, "If rhymes, it rhymes. Just do it. Just do it. Be calm. So I have to say I'm feeling very proud of myself. All yes. right, Jay Z, watch out. <laughs> yeah. So are you gonna break? Are you gonna
2: boost? I need to do. I need to add an, an an addendum to my my break from last week. Remember when I took a break from meal prep? I said it was yes. stupid. I said I was exhausted. <laughs> I said it was yes. the worst. I said yes. these mommy bloggers have no idea what they're talking about. Um, I. They come for you. <laughs> no, they didn't come for me. <laughs> they, I didn't actually call them out, so maybe now they will. Um, no, I remember I gave that boost on like Monday uh, when we were recording, and I actually hadn't had a, a week to eat my 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 prepped meals. And actually uh-huh. by like day three when I was so relieved to actually have food in the fridge for dinner, I was like, All right. Maybe I kind of understand why people do meal prep. Because I legitimately I had food to eat when I was too tired to cook. And I mm. got it. And I don't know why it's t- I mean, I just I think I just had to actually I hadn't I spoke too soon and I apologize to the meal prep um fans of America this week. I did not do such an ambitious meal prep. There was no spaghetti squash and like thirteen different, you know, types of vegetables. I just bake some salmon and I just have it for dinner. You know, it's just very simple. So I simplified and it's it's going much better. But I'm still okay. eating out for lunch. I'm treating my I'm letting myself eat out for lunch. I'm playing I'm paying more attention to what I'm eating for dinner, like at home. Because I didn't get home so late. So,
1: so I take it back. That's, that's good. So Thanks. I'm glad because you're right. meal prep is, I mean, it can be overwhelming sometimes because you're right. You're like, wait, I have to chop and skip and, and you know, but more and more now that I'm, um, which I like this new term, a vanity vegan. And I accept it. I embrace it. Wait, what? I'm a vanity <laughs> vegan. That's what someone called me. I was like, girl, you, not, you ain't say nothing but a word. You ain't hurting my feelings. What does that so mean? So a vanity vegan. So most vegans from like doing a little research, research, meaning like I'm part of one Facebook group, so whatever that most vegans, I guess to be a true vegan, you're doing it for the animals and like, yeah, you're like the health is secondary. It's like, no, I want to save the animals. And although I do like animals and I'm not saying that I don't want the animals to be healthy. I do. My primary uh, reason for being vegan is one to be snatched, two, to be healthier Three, you know, hey, yes, I would like the animals not to have a terrible life. But I'm not going to lie. I'm honest here. Snatchness is high on the list. So someone was like, girl, you're a vanity vegan. I said, I will take it. So um, I'm a vanity vegan. And so meal prep is definitely helpful because I can't, like, if I don't, honestly, I go darn near hungry at night or I have to eat, like, uh, cereal with, um, with almond milk. So if I don't, like, kind of, like, decide, like, you know... Tiffany, let's chop up. Like I've had um, cauliflower rice for the first time, but I had to chop it up, and it was actually really good. But you know, I have to plan in advance.
2: Pro tip: Trader Joe sells it.
1: Already yeah, you know rice. who sells it too? Who? Who? Um, um, Shoprite sells it too. Oh, look at that. Mm-hmm. So I tried it, and I actually really liked it. I made myself this like Santa Fe bowl, which is like typically that would be like rice, and it would be like all these kind of like um, um quote unquote air quotes Mex- Mexican Like, uh, like beans and, and like, um, tomatoes and, um, guac and sour cream, all that kind of stuff and cheese. So I did, I did with cauliflower rice and I put beans and corn and no cheese, obviously no sour cream, but guac. And, uh, what else did I have on it? It was really good, honestly. So it was like a Santa Fe bowl without any dairy or any meat. Basically it was like a bowl of veggies and it was so delicious, honestly. So delicious. It's one of my new favorite warm dishes where it's basically a bowl of vegetables, but it doesn't kind of taste like it. It tastes like you might be having like, you know, a rice and beans bowl, but you're really not. You're just eating vegetables. Mm, that sounds tasty. So, I love me some avocado. Yes. Ooh, yes. Guac is the best. So here's my, I'm not going to boost. I've been boosting lately, which is good, but I'm going to break and it's a little lighthearted break, but I'm sick of it. Okay. So here's what I'm sick of. I'm sick of Everyone pumpkin spicing every daggone thing. When I went to the supermarket and I saw they had Cheerios, pumpkin spice Cheerios, I said, I've had enough. I've had enough. I get it, it's fall. I think where did pumpkin spice start? Did it start with um with the latte at um Starbucks? Is that who started this whole trend of pumpkin spice and thing?
2: I mean, Lord knows Yankee Candles probably had a pumpkin spice candle for decades. But yes, I think Starbucks, the flavoring of pumpkin spice, we can blame that on Starbucks and basic bitches.
1: Yes. And I'm sick of it. I've actually found like a, a bunch of hilarious memes like Tampax, pumpkin spice. <laughs> <laughs> They have pumpkin spice Xanax. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> so
2: excited that you broke on this. Actually, you kind of stole my break for next week, but I'm I'm gonna let you have it
1: because
2: <laughs> because I had the exact same thought. Me and my my team at Magnify Money, and earlier this month, we sent out our reporter Brittany. Shout out to Brittany to five to seven different grocery stores, and we had her look at two hundred different products. The pumpkin spice version. And the regular version, and we calculated how much retailers are charging for pumpkin spice taxes. That's what I'm calling <gasps> it. So that's like the upcharge that they put on products when what? they're pumpkin spice. Yes, guess. Oh, this is like a this is a sneak peek because we have not released this. We have not released the results of the study yet. Um, and I'm probably going to well, be in special. trouble because we're supposed to be. It's supposed to be under embargo. But whatever, you're gonna get a little taste. Um, <laughs> So here's the thing: like the worst offender for pumpkin spice taxes was Trader Joe's, like hands <gasps> down, my baby Trader Joe's, my baby Trader Joe's. Um, just for an example, here's one of the most infuriating things: because not only are some businesses charging more for pumpkin spice products, they're giving you less of the product, mm. and they have the audacity to charge more for it. So, have you ever heard of? So you just said pumpkin spice cereal, right? So, yeah. for example, Trader Joe's has regular Trader Joe's O's, which is like their Cheerios, 15 ounces for 1.99. Pumpkin O's, pumpkin O's for 12 ounces at three ounces less, it costs 2.69. So, 70 cents more for three ounces less. That's a 69% wow. pumpkin spice tax rate per ounce. You're
1: welcome, America. Um, we're all being That's- screwed. Yeah, we are. And I'm over it. They have pumpkin spice Oreo cookies. Have you seen this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you want to hear how much more
2: they charge for the Oreo pumpkin spice? I mean, the pumpkin spice Oreo? It's a 33% pumpkin spice rate, pumpkin spice tax rate on the Oreos pumpkin spice flavor at Target. 33% more.
1: Wow, that's a lot.
2: You get four ounces less.
1: Yeah, I can't. I'm closing. When I, yeah, I just honestly, when it was the Cheerios that did me in, because I was like walking down the aisle and I'm like, wait, what? I see a big old pumpkin on a Cheerios box. I said that doesn't belong there. I saw it and I wanted to take my arm, pull it out straight and put a fist at the end and just drag my arm across the the um the shelf and then knock it all down and just run and say, no more pumpkin spice. Revolt! Revolt! Resist! I didn't. Instead, I just discussed it. And I said to myself, this shall be my brown break.
2: You don't want 130. You don't want to pay 133% tax rate on pumpkin spice pancake mix from Trader Joe's.
1: Yo, that is so good You get 10
2: ounces less than the real version
1: and you pay a dollar more. That is just, I'm like, you know, I always think this. So, you know, because we live in the Northeast, right? So I'm like, so quote unquote, I guess you could call it spoiled by the fact that we have Um, seasons in the way like they are like in the book you know like hey fall gets chilly and the leaves turn colors so do they pumpkin spice it up in like california and places where the seasons are not like ours they have their own kind of seasons oh i don't know i know you know what i mean like i'm always curious maybe they
2: do even more because they don't have the seasons and they want to pretend like they do although it does get cold in in la in like california it gets cold at night it's a desert so i always just
1: I just wonder that they're like, huh, like for, for places like, you know, when we have these super seasonal items, do places that kind of, they don't have the fluctuating weather that we have. I wonder if, you know, they're like, girl, like say Hawaii, they're like, girl, get out of here with this pumpkin spice. It's the same all year round. Beautiful. So I'm just curious about that. Just wonder, just a little wondering. There's
2: basic bitches everywhere. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's made it around the rock. Well, you're welcome for the sneak peek at our. Pumpkin Spice tax story.
1: Yes, I definitely want
2: to read it. I get so mad talking about it. All right. Well, anyway, moving on. <laughs> question.
1: Questions, 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 Question. So who today needs to get their life together that we can only dream to help? That's a good way of putting it. Um, I know, right? I'm like, in other words, we're not experts. I mean, well, meaning like uh, you need a lawyer or a doctor or a nurse or whatever. We're just here to give friendly girlfriend advice that you should run by an expert that you're paying money to. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I probably like that's our disclosure for a girl. Someone asked me the other day something about like, well, when you tell us stuff, should we just do it? I said, girl, I'm not Jesus. <laughs> No. I don't want a letter from your lawyer saying, we
2: followed your advice from episode 62.5 and uh, you told us to do X, Y, Z and now we're broke. Yeah, no.
1: Yeah, I'm like, no, no, don't, no, no. Do your Googles, do your discernment. Like, I'm not Jesus Christ, I'm not God. I'm merely someone who will vet it for what I need and then I'll pass it along and then you can decide, you should vet it even further and then decide for yourself, child. Someone, no. If I share should I just <laughs> do it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, I mean, in all seriousness, when I when I'm reviewing questions, if it is too complex for us or if it's beyond what I think is our general like knowledge, um, I typically refer people to sources that they can use instead or refer them to, you know, talk to an expert. Um, so anyway, don't you don't have to worry. I mean, I feel like the questions we answer on the show are, are pretty much in line with what we know, at least enough to to get people started. Very you true. Know. Um, With that being said, send us your questions. Go to Podcast.com. Click on Ask Us Anything. You can be anonymous. We will not be outing anyone's financial ghosts um, on the show. But, um, yeah, we have a couple of the questions for today. We'll try – maybe we can get through two. So – this reader this listener anyway um, messaged us she says i had an apartment in my name i think she wants to remain anonymous um so i won't reveal her name she says, i had an apartment in my name for a relative this was before i got credit smart they moved out of the apartment and broke the lease i didn't know they moved out and they didn't let me know a few months later i got a credit collection letter in the mail furious but i paid it off in full Later, I found out that there was a judgment filed with the county courts when I tried to get an apartment myself a few years later. I was mm-hmm. told I could have the judgment lifted by reporting by the credit reporting company. And recently, they did submit an update to the courts. However, the update just said it was dismissed without prejudice, which I later found out means that they can actually reopen the case if they wanted to. It should have been filed as dismissed with prejudice, meaning the case is closed and the balance is paid in full. Do you have any suggestions on how to resolve this and have it removed from my credit report?
1: Well, one, she's right, because I did my Googles, as far as this, like, the difference between dismiss without and dismiss with prejudice. Mm-hmm. But what my Googles also revealed to me, and I asked a, like, a quick, like, one of my um, uh, friends who's a lawyer, we were just like Facebook chatting, so I was asking her. She said that typically when something is dismissed without prejudice, it means that they can refile once, but they there's a statute of limitations, meaning like it has to be filed within a certain time period. So I if if you can find out in your state, like, you know, do like a Google search, because even though it was dismissed without prejudice, if that statute, if it's six months, if it's a year, whatever, if that time has passed, you don't have to worry about them trying to come back and get money from you. But, um, so I, but I can understand your nervousness. My assumption is that you're, nervous that they might come back and be like psych we want our money even though you paid so one you know it might not if it was a year ago or whatever and you're like oh it's past the statute they even though it it was dismissed without prejudice they can't come back because that time has expired then i wouldn't worry about that if the time has expired unless that wording is keeping you from getting an apartment but if it's still within that time um i would think that you would go back to the um to the uh the the credit company right and say Hey, why is it like this? Or go back to the court system and say, why is this, why is it still kind of like pending and open? You know, who do I need to speak to in order to get that fixed?
2: Yeah. Or ask if they can put a note, even if they have to keep the with prejudice there, with prejudice, but balance paid in full. Um, My only concern is I don't know that she'll ever get it off her credit report. I mean, it's legitimate. You know, you were, your name was on the apartment. It's, It's your credit, unfortunately. Um, I think, and she says it's been a few years later, so that might mean that you have a few more years of this being on your credit report. Um, so unfortunately there's probably not a way for you to get it off your credit report, but maybe there's a way for them to at least note on their balance paid in full so that the next time you apply for an apartment, you can at least, you can, you can defend yourself and say, well, I paid it in full and, and try to, you know, explain yourself to whoever's doing the background check. Yeah, my yeah. my good friend actually was just searching for an apartment in New York and she this might be a case where someone has a similar name to her and I wonder if this has happened to anyone else but she apparently these people who like own this apartment are really sticklers for background checks and they did this crazy check and it turns out like she found or they they said that she had um, a similar uh, a similar mark or like a a judgment in like a county back in Georgia where she's from, from over 10 years ago from missing a bunch of rent payments. And it wasn't on her credit report, but they had filed a claim in court, apparently with the county. Um, Okay. And this had come up in a background check for an apartment all these years later, and it wasn't her. And she was sort Mm. of, she had to move on to a different apartment because she tried calling the county, she tried calling the court, she called all these people to try and figure out and even though the court, the county, whoever she called, said they couldn't find the same record that this background check found, um, okay. there, there really wasn't anything she could do. And it wasn't on her credit report. It was just stopping her from getting an apartment, which sucked. Um, mm. All she could do was just, you know, give up on that apartment and try to find another
1: one where they weren't going to do such a crazy, I don't know, background, background
2: check. check.
1: Ooh, no, it is weird. So, you know, that brought up, um, reminded me, remember I t- talked about last week how, um, for in order for Superman and I to close on the house, we have to do the title search mm-hmm. and it pulled up some old ticket or whatever he had for a hundred something dollars. Right. So it turns out, cause I was like, wait, I, cause so I was asking, I'm like, it seems weird that like, why would we have to pay this in order to move forward? We don't. So that he can leave that hundred and something thousand, that hundred. Oh, what if it was a hundred something thousand, forget it. I'd be like, boy, <laughs> <we're>, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Or oh, your neighbor's this. But it, for that hundred, it was like a $108. So, that it's not that he had to pay it because we're buying the house cash. But what happens is um, if, if we were getting a mortgage, the mortgage company um, would may not um, give us the mortgage because to them that because he owed and he'd be an owner of the house, that would be a lien against the property that would have to be satisfied if we decide to sell it. You see what I mean? Mm. So like and so I said, oh, so like we, I mean, we're going to pay it because, you know, like why have that sitting there? So if so if we wanted to refinance, for example, big, the big thing of, for mortgage companies is if one day you can't pay, we have to take this house back from you and sell it, we want to make sure that we get our money back. So if they, there's any lien against your name, we don't want anyone coming at you being like, oh, you're selling a house. We need our money back as well. And so I was like, oh, so technically, like I said, we don't have to pay that, but I just wanted to give an update because it was like news to me that we don't have to pay it, but it might hold us up if we were getting a mortgage or refinancing later on in the future. Is there um, any way so, that you could have found that out yourself?
2: Like, what, how, if you wanted to, because we got a question about that same thing about what happened to Superman from a listener who wanted to know if she wants to, because she's thinking of buying a house, if she wants to run her own check, like, is there a way, do you know how they found it and if she could do her, or do title search companies just
1: have their own, you know, I don't know, honestly, search tools? I was shocked. So I don't even like, because I, you know, we checked his credit and even when we were initially, we were going to get a more expensive house and we were going to get a mortgage even when, cause we hadn't done a full title search before, but we had definitely like started to do the basic mortgage thing. Like they ran his credit. None of that came up. So it's, I'm not going to lie. I don't know. I didn't even, you know, he was like, well, $108. I was like, you know, so. Honestly, I don't know how they found it. It didn't come up on his credit. It didn't um, show up any other time. I don't know. It's almost like it's almost like a title search. They look at your um, what the court is saying. That's what it looks like because I like I said before, they were like people who owe child support, people mm-hmm. who like owe probation and stuff like that. So this was like an outstanding ticket. So it's almost like that. And I mean, like I said, don't quote me because I don't know for sure. But it, just looking at the other folks who had similar names to him that weren't him. They all seem like court um, related um, fines that, that were pulled up. And so I don't know, honestly. So you might, I mean, I might do a Google search and I can, what I can do is I can ask my title um, company, like, you know, well, I don't know if they tell me like, how do I do this myself? like <laughs> so. But I can certainly ask my realtor, who's amazing, like, you know, mm-hmm. is there a way to kind of pull this up ahead of time?
2: All right. Let us know what they find out.
1: Yes, Lord, I can't wait till we close. It's just one thing after another thing after another thing. Like, what's the COO? You have to get like a certificate of occupancy. Like, you have to get like the firehouse to come out and make sure that your house is not like dangerous and all this other stuff before you can buy it. So there are all of these things that kind of are are not obstacles, but I didn't realize these things that you have to do before you actually close. It's not just enough to say, hey, I have cash, take take my money. No, there are things that have to happen, at least in the state of New Jersey and in Newark. So I don't know what other states do differently, but we, I have to get a COO that's $250, but luckily Amina, my realtor, negotiated for the, for the um, bank to pay that. And so that way, you know, we'll get the whoever in, to come in and say, yes, this house is safe. Here's your certificate of occupancy. And then we can close and give them even more money to close, which is like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. Well, oh, good yeah. luck. It seems like Thanks. things will be smooth sailing. I mean, maybe I don't know. Never mind. Knock on wood. I don't want to. <laughs> <know>. Well,
1: <laughs> honestly, I'm not even. Honestly, we're gonna get there. I'm not worried, but I know that like after this, it's gonna be all about renovating. So I'm sure there's gonna be delightful stories of, oh my god, we found a like you know a, a pack of wild raccoon living in the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Raccoons are better than termites, so right? Yes.
2: Uh, I mean, you can just. I don't give even them know. Away. Keep one as a pet. <laughs> Raccoons are very <laughs> trendy now. They're all over Instagram. All right, you have a date. We uh, need to go. We need to move. I know,
1: I do. All right, so let's let's um let's do our wins. What you want to win for, <laughs> <laughs> Michelle? Um, so
2: I want to do my win for the 25th anniversary of my president and my first lady, Michelle and Barack Obama. Okay. What is the 25th anniversary? Is that your silver? I don't Cotton? know. I don't know. There's always materials that go with each anniversary. Yeah, there's like a di- I think diamond is like 50th, right? Yeah. Something like that. But 25 years sounds like a lifetime. I mean, it is a lifetime. Um, so congratulations. They are still couple goals. They are still adult goals, life goals. They are everything. And I and I say this because I feel like Michelle is having – she's finally coming a little bit back out in the spotlight. Did mm-hmm. you see she did a talk at some conference with like Shonda Rhimes and yeah, she, met, she really is opening up about being first lady. I cannot wait for her book to come out. I know why she's been so quiet because she's like, I'm going to save all the tea for my book. <laughs> and then it shall be spilled and I will make millions of dollars, which I, you know, she should bank millions of dollars off of it. But I uh, can't wait. I think the book is coming out early next year.
1: Oh, I can't wait. Like, honestly, you're right. I'd love to hear the, the tea. The Tay-Tay. Yeah, I'd love that. I got Hillary's book. I can't wait to read hers. I wonder what she's like. Is What's her book? Is her book about like specifically about the election or just in general?
2: I'm on page five and it's 500 pages. But in the first few pages, I mean... I, I wanted to read it because I kept reading everyone's opinion about it, and I'm like, no one's read this book yet. Like it's 500 pages. It just came out a week ago. People need to actually read it first. But um, no, it is. It's like her. It's. It's. I think what it is. I just reading her. Just reading her author's note at the beginning. I understand why she wrote it. And yeah, there's a lot of people who are upset. They're like, well, she. She needs. Sit, she needs to sit down and shut up. She lost the election. We need to move on. She's just a sore loser. You know, she wants to take a chance to blame everyone but herself. But honestly, I think what she wants is, you know, how the winners in history are the ones who write history. I think this is her saying, I'm not going to let this winner write the history books the way he wants them. I'm going to put my voice out there. I'm going to tell the story as I saw it. And my perspective matters. And it should be out there. And I was the first female to ever be nominated by a major party for president. And that matters. And I want to tell that story. And yeah, I think, of course, it also covers everything that, you know, what happened in the election. But she also is talking about um, what's happened after. She talks about um, being there at the inaugural and how sick she felt during and how she almost didn't go to the inaugural so it's it's mm. it's juicy and I, I don't know i'm gonna read the whole thing i th- i'm interested i think yeah it shouldn't just be lord knows i don't want the only record of this election to be at all clockwork orange in the white house oh, oh
1: my god that's like the perfect name for it for him clockwork orange well, my win—it's going to be a little bit of a personal win, and I think a lot of women kind of kind of relate that. I, I was going to actually do, a, you know, first lady and president Barack, but I was like, oh, Mandy's a thief, so whatever. Aww. Since I stole pumpkin spice from you, yeah. I was like, whatever, well, I'll take it. <laughs> we,
2: we share, we share.
1: <laughs> so my win is just like a little bit personal because I am getting better at, and I don't know if, uh, if, if women—I mean, maybe not you, because I feel like you've you've like are like someone who's not easily as intimidated, because surprisingly, even though I have my own business, I can easily be, nah, I don't know if intimidated is the word, but I'm a, like a, let's not fight. Let's just say you got it type of person, you know? So I used to hire what I would call, um, or not even just hire, but I used to have at least one, what I call a bully friend, and I've noticed that this has been a trend since I was a kid. Like there was always somebody in my life who was my friend, but there was an edge of bulliness in that, you know, where I was like, whenever they came around, I'd be like, oh my God, it's my bully friend. Hey girl. Hey, yeah, whatever you want. It's fine. You know, I'll sit in the back. No, no, this is no problem. I'll, you can take the bigger share. You can, I'll get the middle seat. And I don't know what it is or what it is about that person's personality that they would not necessarily bully other people. But there was something in them and something in me when we got together, I became like subservient and they became like kind of a bully and I wouldn't see them do that to other people. And I always wondering like, wow, what is that? So um, I have finally recognized it because it was a friend of mine who told me that. He was like, why do you let Sasha such, such, such talk to you that way? And I'm like, like what? They're like, I don't know, crazy. I'm like, do they? They're like, uh, yeah. So just recently I have been really cleaning out because one of my best friends in high school was a bully friend. It was awesome at first. We were best friends, everything was great. And then it's almost like, maybe I let her say something to me sideways and I let it slide. And then it grew. By the time we graduated high school, college, she was terrible to me anyway. And it like, it took everything in me to kind of let her go. Um, but I recognized that like every once in a while, I'd pick up a new bully friend, whether it was somebody who I was working with or, you know, something like that. And so recently I really started to clean up um, the bully friends, um, or just even bully coworkers or bully partners or whatever in my life and gotten rid of them. Um, and like I said, not because they're super terrible people. I'm not even going to say that there's just sometimes this and I don't know where that comes from in me. I don't know if it's because I'm like from a big family. I don't know if that my dad had a really strong personality and I learned to just be like easygoing, like it's fine. It's fine. Like, I don't know what it is, but it doesn't come out. A whole lot, but every once in a while, there's just someone who does that. So, like Hold I, on. like I said,
2: this. is just... Sorry, maybe they're just assholes, and you're nice. Like, why does it happen? <laughs> why are you blaming yourself? <laughs>
1: you know what? And I maybe they're just jerks. They're like... <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? And I don't. I mean, it's that to me, it's easy to dismiss it, dismiss it at that. But honestly, uh, oftentimes, like it doesn't start off that way, or I won't see them be like that with everyone. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and I used to think to myself, like when I was kind of like engaged in that kind of weird dynamic, they're like, Tiffany, you have to stand up for yourself or Tiffany, you have to figure out, like, how do you conquer this? But now I'm realizing at the age I am now, I'm not trying to conquer it. Just get out. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to figure out, like, why we had this weird dynamic or how we started off so great and now you're so mean or now you talk slick to me when we get on the phone. And I'm like, what the hell? Where do, how do we get here? Honestly, I don't care anymore. I don't care about the backstory. I'm just now, I've just learned to clean out. And so just recently, I've done a lot of cleaning out. And today, someone um, who like is on my team really remarked upon how different I am now that we've done a lot of cleaning uh, and pruning. And she was like, yo, you're like amazing. I'm like, what? She's like, your leadership style, your energy, everything's been amazing. And I'm like, wow. So it's making this huge difference in that that's a dark cloud. And once I'm able to release myself from these type of people personally and professionally, you know, I can really like, I mean, I think it seems so obvious, but it's hard, you know, and I, I didn't even recognize that was something that I was doing because just the other day I almost hired a bully and because this person brought so much to the table, and I don't even think, you know, they don't know this, but they brought so much to the table. I thought, wow, this person is great. Like I'm reading through resumes and I did a bunch of interviews and I was like, wow, this person is awesome. This person's great. But then after like talking to a bunch of people on the phone, I was like, wow, this person is very aggressive and slightly irreverent. And and I realized that Tiffany, this is a bully. This is a bully. Do not bring this person into your life. No, you just got rid of all of your bully friends. No more. And so, um, you know, even though... Her credentials were amazing. I said no because it's possible to be both well-credentialed and talented and nice. Oh, and so, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, the, you know, and so that's, that's
2: a that's a poison.
1: That's a yeah. poisonous person.
2: It's a toxicity that's going to seep through every. Um, I learned this the hard way um, last year when I hired my I hired this investigative reporter who was so well-credentialed and he was. Mm-hmm. He was very—he was older, and he was very tough and like rugged, like what you think of as an investigative reporter. And our conversations were great. And as soon as he came in the office to be interviewed, or just to chat with and meet my the two co-founders of, of our company who are both male, um, it was like I wasn't in the room, and he completely walked, you know, uh, you know, uh, ignored sort of what I that I was there. And then I hired him anyway feeling like, okay, well, it'll be fine. And when I tell you, like, he would try and bully me by getting around me and going to the men, going to the co-founders who have no who – don't, who don't oversee the editorial content. You know, I was his boss and he would literally go around me. And yeah. um, I was like, and this is the first time I will learn this lesson. I'm going to try and make it be the last. Um, that's, that's one thing I thought of from your story. Another thing yeah. is that I can be a bully. Like in my – I was that kid – Like who – you know, you grow up kind of being tough and then unintentionally – I you know, I know I was flippant when I was like, maybe they're just an asshole. Like I've definitely had friends in my life who have been like, Mandy, you can be a little too much sometimes. You can be a little too Mm – you know, a little too opinionated, a little too judgy and I did a lot. I've done a lot, a lot, a lot of work and I still have work to do on managing and like finding where that comes from and doing better and luckily have saved – those friendships because like, you know what's at stake people will only put up with that for so long you can only make someone yeah. feel bad about themselves you know whether intentional or not for so long um and i i like to say i'm a bully and um a bully is such a am- i hate saying that i hate i like to say i'm a judgy wedgy. Uh, yeah, and
1: i was gonna say i don't i don't feel like you're a bully but i mean recovering you know, judgy like- wedgie <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a recovering pushover <laughs> And like you wouldn't think like running a company that you could be a pushover. Oh, it's quite possible. And so yeah, no, it's yeah. good though to acknowledge like, you know, how you can show up better in this world and how you're working on you. So it's not about perfection, but yeah. So I was just like, Go, oh, Tiffany, go. But it's also good to have because honestly, like you, friends had to tell me, like, what are you doing? You know, and I was like, hey. they're like, Girl, no. Why are you letting people talk to you like that? I'm like, I don't know.
2: Or <laughs> paying them to I don't know.
1: <laughs> What? Not anymore, boo boo. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. So, hey to yeah. all my bully friends. You want to outside the club now, boo?
2: <laughs> You're on watch if she hasn't dismissed you yet. You're on no, probation. No, everybody's
1: gone. <laughs> uh, that was a great show. I hope we inspired. I hope we talked. I hope we made you laugh.
2: It was the best show the- ever. Everyone was inspired. They all said it was great. <laughs> I got millions of tweets about it
1: million the the fake news will tell you nobody listen it's all a lie it's all a lie <laughs> at
2: least a million point five people listen to this episode i have no facts to support it but uh just shake my hand and smile oh my gosh